you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Oh, here we go. Back here with you on Move the Sticks. Welcome back, everybody. Rhett Lewis and Bucky Brooks here with you. And uh, coming off of Monday where we were looking ahead to what was one of the most anticipated Monday night football games of the season, uh, Bucky ends up being one of the most intriguing Monday night football games of the season. One of the more interesting game plans we've ever seen as a result of the conditions uh, that uh, were, were going on there at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. Um, look, I, I just I'm going to give you this stat and then I'll let you run with it. The Patriots adjusted to inclement weather. This according to next gen stats and ran the ball on 94% of their plays. The highest run rate in a game in this Millennium. <laughs> What's up, dude? How we doing? Uh, look, I'm doing great, Rhett, because to me, I loved it. I absolutely loved watching it um, go down. I thought it was a very uh, impressive game plan. I credit Josh McDaniels for being able to kind of put his ego in check to 
kind of stick to the script. They ran the football. They ran it successfully. Now, I don't know how much different the game plan would have been if it was regular conditions. I feel like the Patriots were going to run it. I mean, obviously, I think they probably would have thrown it more than three times. But, <laughs> I mean, I think the biggest strength of the Patriots um, attacks the biggest weakness of the Bills, which is running the football. And I think what happened last night, I think in the middle of the game, I think the football world did the collective, oh, no, <laughs> the Patriots. Here we go. Oh, no. Yeah, because, like, we've talked about this. Like, to me, this is very reminiscent of, like, how they used to play in the early 2000s. Like, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's nothing, not a lot of sizzle and pizzazz to how they, they would get down. But this is a team that prides themselves on not beating themselves. They don't typically turn the ball over. And they wait for you to crack. And teams have shown for two decades that they crack under having to execute under pressure. And so, to me, this is what they did. And I think Mac Jones' comments were telling. He said, if we didn't turn the ball over, we knew that we could win. So that wasn't a thing that was just said on Monday before they ran out on the field. That is something that they had talked about throughout the week. We will beat this team if we don't turn it over. And so, to me, this was just kind of like all of that coming to fruition, even though it was an alternative game plan. So we're going to get into the college football playoff matchups. We're going to get into to, to those games, the semifinal matchups, what might happen uh, when we get to a national title game. We're going to talk about Mario Cristobal getting hired by Miami away from Oregon as that program now looks for its next head coach. Get to all that. But back here on this Patriots-Bills game, like, you know, it, it's one thing to game plan. Like, all right, we're going to run the you-know-what out of the ball mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. this team. It's another thing to be able to execute that. Now, I mean, Bucky, how many times in how many games over the course of your football watching career (laughs) have you seen teams absolutely inept at running the football? The Bills knew if they didn't know at the start of the game, they knew midway through the first quarter into the second quarter, like, all right, they're coming right at us here. We got to figure out a way to stop it. And for the most part, they couldn't. Not red. They really couldn't stop him until the very end of the game when they kind of sold out and um, blitzed through the a gaps a few times and kind of did some of those other things. But to me, what it was was um, the Patriots doing what I think the Patriots kind of do is they they kind of boldly let you know exactly what they're about. You know, like I don't think they yeah. sugarcoat anything. Like they just kind of line up and say, like, man, this is what we do. It's not a lot of trickery to how they play and how they get down and how they perform. And so. Um, I just thought that the Patriots lined up in 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end, two wide receivers. And they just said, we're going to make this a a contest of toughness, physicality, and will. And we believe that our discipline, persistence running the football will eventually wear the Buffalo Bills down. Now, the backdrop of this coming into the game, the two most physical teams that have played the Buffalo Bills and had success running the ball. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, yep. Derrick Henry ran for 140 yards. And then uh, a few weeks ago, the Indianapolis Colts ran for over 200 yards with Jonathan Taylor playing a huge role and running the ball. And so, look, the way this league is, it's a copycat league. Until you show people that you've solved your biggest issue, uh, you can get a steady diet of it over and over and over again. And that's what they did. 
Yeah, and despite those games, I mean, this this Bills defense, I mean, it's not like they were the 32nd rush defense in football. I mean, like they were still, you know, a top 10 rush defense, uh, sixth, actually, sixth best in the league in terms of uh, limiting opponents' rushing yards. But again, look, you the two outliers there, as you mentioned, that Indianapolis and that Tennessee game, which were, again, simply dominated. Uh, but I keep going back to it. Like, do you remember ever Bucky being a part of a game where it's like you, you go through that, you see it, you see it, you see it, and you just can't stop it. And so, Red, I, funny story. So I, I had to pull it up so I could give you the exact date. When okay. I was a member of the Carolina Panthers, people will not remember this game, but hopefully you can find it on YouTube. It <laughs> yes. was on, okay, it's Christmas Eve 2006. I'm with the Carolina Panthers, and starting quarterback Jake DeLome is not playing. So Chris Winkie was the backup quarterback. And to tell you, the lack of confidence that John Fox and the staff had in Chris Winkie. We ran the Wildcats the entire game with D'Angelo Williams and Deshaun Foster. The two guys, I'm looking at the stats now. D'Angelo ran the ball on 20, 28 times. No, D'Angelo ran it 21 times for 82 yards. Deshaun Foster ran it 28 times for 102 yards. The biggest game between the two of them was 11 yards. So when you think about a steady diet of just three and four and three and four, and it was a game in which the Carolina Panthers won 10 to three. So last night when I'm looking at the game, I was like, I've kind of seen this before. And we think about like teams can't do it because, you know, we just never see it. But there have been times Chris Winkie threw the ball seven times in that game. He was four for seven for maybe 21 <laughs> yards. But that's, 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 that's what it is. It's, it's about running the football and being yeah. able to control it. And I think it is not a coincidence that John Fox was a defensive-minded coach. Bill Belichick comes from a defensive background, obviously. And they just kind of understand how difficult it is when someone just commits to running the ball and saying, oh, we're not going to throw it. We're going to run it and run it and run it and run it. And we'll see if you can stop it. You know, I, I think there's maybe one guy on the Patriots team that had probably been involved in a game like that. It was probably uh, Shaq Mason, uh, who played at Georgia Tech, right? When they were running all that, uh, all that Paul <laughs> yeah. Johnson stuff, Triple right? Paul Johnson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he'd probably, he's probably like, oh, I'm into this. This is back to my roots here. <laughs> um, you know, and, and look, the offensive line is one thing. Patriots have been able to find quality runners in their history, certainly. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is another one as a rookie this year. Big dude, right? Six foot, 227 pounds, uh, coming out of uh, Oklahoma and ends up being the fourth round pick of the Patriots, but it has been one of the more productive rookie runners, you know, we've seen this year. D did you see this kind of production from him, like looking at him in college and projecting him to, to the league? No, man, I think I think a lot of it. Like, I, th I think a couple of different players with the Patriots that you didn't yeah. necessarily see. You could think that Mac Jones would be a, a, a solid starting quarterback. You didn't know that he would be that this good or this effective right. until you understand where he goes. And I think that's the tough part about what we do when we talk about pads in the draft or whatever. It's one thing to analyze and evaluate players kind of independently. It's another thing to then look at them when you see where they are and how they're going to fit as a piece of the puzzle. I think for Ramondre Stevenson, um, he's big, he's physical, he could come downhill, he can catch the ball out the backfield and those things. But man, 
did you think that he was going to be in a program where they asked him to come downhill yeah. between the tackles over and over and over again and kind of, I guess, thrive in that sledgehammer role? No, but now that you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, that works. And so, Red, <laughs> when we get to 2022 and we begin to talk about the draft, we will talk about no two draft boards look alike because teams have different visions for how they see players fitting into their system and how they would utilize them. And so that is why the Patriots might be higher on Armandre Stevenson than the Jets because of the picture in their sure. mind that they had for the role that he would play. And look, I will say this. We've kind of taken the Patriots to task a long time for like what they've done drafting because they hadn't got a lot of return on investment in recent years. It looks like this offseason, they kind of figured out whatever was ailing them when it came to yeah. evaluation and they're plugging and playing. And I think maybe this has to do with Matt Patricia kind of being back in the building. Maybe it has to be with some of the other guys that have kind of slowly crept back into the fold. And maybe this allowed Bill Belichick to not have to wear so many hats and kind of yeah. focus on what he does really, really well. Which, as Aqib Talib told us on the Manning cast last night, make no mistake, he is the defensive coordinator. Just, you know, not like we all didn't think that anyway, but you see his son, Steve Belichick, calling plays, <laughs> Gerard Mayo's call play. But, but Bill is the czar yes. of the defense. Yes. Whatever title yes. you want to give it to him, whichever way you want to describe it, uh, he runs that show. As uh, as Aqib mentioned to Peyton and Eli last night, which was a pretty fun interview, uh, also said, you know, like, there are three things that you got to do, and you'll you'll have a great time in New England. Number one, show up on time. Number two, know your stuff. And number three, don't mess around with the media. <laughs> so I th- and he's like, other than that, Bill will leave you alone, man. Bill, you, can wear a, you can wear onesie pajamas to walk through if you want. <laughs> and so I thought that, I thought that was pretty good uh, from, you know, a guy, a guy like Akib, um, you know, who, who certainly is a character and, and has personality and has fun. Um, but, you know, showing that, you know, you do those things well and you'll have a good time playing in New England. Uh, we've all kind of read, talked about like, it. Yeah. Like to that, to that point, though, like, because I do believe there's this perception that it's all drudgery right. in that building. But there have been too many characters who have played there successfully for it to be just all of that. I right. mean, look, I, look, Corey Dillon played there. <laughs> Randy Moss played yes. there. I mean, you yes. know, Akeem Tlaib. Like, there have been a handful of guys who were kind of edgy when it came yeah. to like maybe character stuff and all of them have played there and none of them have had incidents. And yeah. so to me, what Akeem Tlaib did is he kind of let us in on a little bit of the secret sauce. Yeah. Like, man, look, the man is only asking you show up on time, know exactly what you're <laughs> supposed to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Don't share the secret to the world and then go play. I think, I think the tough thing, and we know this like in, in, in just dealing in business, it's hard for people sometimes to take, clear direct uh directives um and i think what the patriots do i think it's very clear and apparent when you walk in the building here's where we expect of you or whatever yeah and there are a lot of people who struggle with being told exactly what they expect and having to follow through on that being held accountable to it it it, it certainly uh, works for new england it works for this patriots team sitting at the top of the afc like are they in fact like a real force to be reckoned with here Yes. Are they essentially the team to beat in the AFC? I would say, point? like, keep keep the Kansas City Chiefs in mind because the way the Kansas City Chiefs are playing defensively, that gives them a chance because at any point that offense can kind of find their way. Right. But, no, nah, the Patriots have been 
the model of consistency, right? And so when you're trying to figure out which teams you're going to project to be there in the end, you look for the teams that are consistent. And when you look at them, I think they probably have the fewest holes of the title contenders. Like, what can we really point to and say, like, hey, this is their biggest weakness? I think the biggest thing in the playoffs when we get to it will be how does the rookie quarterback perform if the game is on his shoulders? But they have been so good at not having to put it on his shoulders that yeah. who's to say that someone's going to make them play in a game where Mac Jones has to throw it 50 times a game and he has to win it on the strength of his right arm? Well, sure. I, think I mean, that's about the only thing we can say. The Titans were were went away from the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Tannehill throwing eight passes a game in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not exclusive to Mac Jones. Uh, so, uh, look, I I think you're right. I think this Patriots are back. They're the kings of the AFC East right now, and I I feel like they absolutely were overjoyed to plant their flag back in the division on the road oh, in Orchard question. Park, New York. <laughs> okay, so let me just give you a little yeah. bit of uh, perspective. So in Buffalo, when I got in Buffalo in 94, it was right at the end of the four Super Bowl run. Yes. And during that time, um, what the Bills would do is like, it, it's silly when you think about it, but the Bills would always hang the AFC East banner whenever they would win the division. So you would see like year after year after year after year. And in Buffalo, for the longest time, the Bills owned the division. Yes. I mean, it was like a decade run of owning the division. And so that always was the thing. And it wasn't until the Patriots and Bill Parcells came in there that it kind of became a deal to do it. And so the reason why it's such a big deal now for the Patriots to take that back is because those who first stepped in knew what it was like. The Bills dominated that division. There's been no one else that has dominated the division like that. And so that's why it's such a big deal. They didn't say anything, but to me, the overjoyed feeling that yeah. you saw from the Patriots sideline, it was Bill Belichick kind of walking How about over. Bill? Like, like, oh, yeah. Let me Bill was back. celebrating <laughs> that. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. give me that chain. He was like, give me that chain. Um, yeah, it uh, it did feel like that. I mean, like he, you know, Bill celebrates from time to time, but like at the end of that game, you know, seeing that uh, that pat that fourth down pass go incomplete, and then seeing that you know the clock go to zero after Mac kneeled, you know, it was that was an overjoyed Bill going into a bye week as the number one seed in the uh, AFC. Quickly, because we hadn't yeah. really talked on the Buffalo Bills. Like, I think it's important to say this. Look, uh, there was a little testy conversation that Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde yes, had was. with a reporter that asked him about whether it's embarrassing or not for the Patriots to run over them. I would say this: I don't think the Bills. Defense played bad. I think the one thing that the Bills are going to have to continue to figure out is, one, how do they play defense without Davis White? Because it does kind of change the way that they play. Do you continue to play as much man-to-man as you were playing with your Davis White? Or do you go more to a zone-based system and just kind of do it? Like, they have a very high IQ secondary, so they can do a bunch of different things. I think their defense, obviously, those are the two best defenses in football. One leads the league in yards allowed. The other leads the league in points, which are the Patriots. Um, the big thing for me with the Bills, their inability to kind of change styles. I feel like they only can win one way on offense, and that is Josh Allen playing big, running around, making all the plays. At some point for them to make a legitimate run, they have to be able to run the football when everybody yeah. knows they need to run yeah. it. And it can't be number 17 always running it. So they have to develop a running game. And I think Sean McDermott talked on it, but he said at this stage of the season, I don't know if we can do it. And I was like, well, wait a minute now. Like, <laughs> we, have yeah. to, we have to figure out that 
that to me is the biggest thing. I'm not necessarily worried about their defense. I am worried about Josh Allen having to do everything without the a hint of a running game coming from another running back or another playmaker on the perimeter. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Breida. Just, yeah, just it's just it, it's hard to figure out who they want to run the rock. Um, and yeah. probably because none of the three have stepped up and had consistent success with it. And it's not all on them. It's on the guys up front too. It's on the commitment mm-hmm. to it. It's on the scheme. It's on the whole deal. Um, but it, that part of the bills game, I felt like last year, like going into the off season, when we're talking about the bills as a contender and you look at them as a potential, the, the potential weakness, like, well, outside of Josh Allen, like they don't have a consistent run game and that we're seeing here no different through 13 weeks matters, of the season. It matters. It matters during this time of year. When you yeah. get to the stretch run, like we can see all the, the, the fun stuff, the balls flying through the air. But at the end, when you're playing really good teams, the only way to control the game is you have to be able to run it. You have to be able yeah. to kind of control it and dictate the terms and not necessarily make it where, hey, Josh, you're going to have to throw it all the time. And also you have to be able to, to run it, to run out the clock at the end of games and close games. And so how they manufacture running. Maybe that's being a little more creative. Maybe that's stealing some of the jet sweep, fly sweep concepts that are coming throughout the league. But they have to be able to get to 125 rushing yards a game yeah. without it all being Josh Allen. Yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe the answer is in this year's draft uh, when uh, Hassan Haskins is available after oh. playing in the college football Ooh. playoff, which we get into <laughs> right after this here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. All right, Red Lewis back here with Bucky Brooks looking at the college football playoff history made courtesy of the Cincinnati Bearcats and uh, as they will come into the playoff as the number four seed. They get a date with Alabama in the semis after Alabama dominated Georgia in the SEC championship game, dropping the Bulldogs to number three. Georgia gets set uh, for a matchup with Michigan, which we'll get into here in a second. But I want to start with Cincinnati because I think there's still doubters out there whether this Mm -hmm. team deserves to be in the college football playoff as an undefeated champion of the American Athletic Conference. They beat Houston fairly handily, uh, which is another ranked team in the CFP top 25. There are as many dudes from this Cincinnati roster that we're going to be talking about in the spring leading up to the draft as almost any other school, maybe outside of Alabama and Georgia. Like they have some serious NFL type talent. There's six of their best players going to the senior bowl this year, six Mm -hmm. players from Cincinnati. There's a seventh in, uh, in, in juice, um, uh, the corner who's going to be a probably yeah. a first round pick. Um, and you know, depending on how he graduates, he'll get into the, the, you know, the, the off season bowl, you know, all-star game circuit too, but the, they are talented enough to hold up in this playoff in my mind. But yeah. So here's, here's the issue that I think people have with Cincinnati. One, it's not the brand name that the other three teams are in terms of just understanding like who they are. When you think about college football, the names that routinely come to mind are Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, based on the, the, the long decorated histories of those respective programs. I think Cincinnati also last year when they had opportunity to play Georgia um, in the game, I think people tuned in and were surprised to see them go toe to toe. But I think a lot of people were dismissive because they're like, ah, Georgia's not even into it. They're playing around. And then Georgia wins the game. At the end, it's unfortunate for Cincinnati, though, that they're going to go against Alabama right out the gate because it's almost kind of like I, I kind of feel like the committee was like, OK, you want to play with the big boys? We can give go. you the biggest boy to play with give you- right out the gate. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, we're just going to give you like the monster that has dominated the landscape over the last 10 years. Um, that said, this is a really good team and they are well coached and they have a quarterback in Desmond Ritter, who we're going to talk about a ton. Yes. Um, and they understand how to get it done. Luke Fickle has a team of, look, man, they, they're hungry. They're, they're not afraid. And I know people are going to look at some of the close games they played with, you know, talking about them playing up and down to the competition. But make no mistake, when they played Notre Dame, they whooped Notre Dame. You know? They yes. beat Notre Dame up. Yes. They, 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 they beat them up. And so I think we need to give them 
enough respect to know that, hey, in this situation, when it's a one-and-done contest, they absolutely could rise up. Uh, forgive me. Apologies to Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Had my nicknames uh, screwed up there. Called them Juice. <laughs> Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is going to be one of the best cornerbacks in this year's draft class uh, when, when all that uh, comes to bear. But he and... I mean, like guys like Darian Beavers, linebacker, Majay Sanders in an edge rush uh, capacity, a couple of DBs. I mean, Kobe Bryant the, is the Thorpe Award finalist as a safety. Uh, Brian Cook, Alec Pierce is a wideout, is an explosive dude, too. And then Desmond Ritter, as you mentioned, will be one of those top quarterbacks we talk about uh, in that kind of first five off the board uh, type of range. I don't know if we'll get five first round quarterbacks this year, but among those top five, he is certainly in that conversation. So, but look, you know, Alabama knocked off the the real big dogs, the Bulldogs, mm-hmm. and the team that was the wire-to-wire number one in the CFP rankings and in the polls this year based on their defense and put up 40 on them. That's why, Bucky, I thought Ohio State versus Georgia, Ohio State would give Georgia the toughest test because of their aerial attack and not have yeah. to run it, run it up against Jordan Davis all day long, um, the, the defensive lineman mm-hmm. for Georgia. So... I'm not, I guess I'm not shocked to see Alabama and Bryce Young have that kind of success in the past game against them. But it does, you know, open up the question, like, is, is this defense as good as we thought it was? And, you know, in, in a rematch, like, potentially if they can get by Michigan and Alabama gets by Cincinnati, are they going to fare any better? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a very real thing. I think there are a couple of things at Georgia that you, that you worry about now that you've seen Alabama have it. Um, you know, look, the SEC is, is a loaded conference, but when we look at the slate of teams that Georgia plays, did they play a real prolific aerial attack? And, and they had most of the teams kind of played to Georgia's strength when it comes to the run game. Right. Secondly is, is their, court enough, their quarterback good enough? Stephen Bennett, is he good enough when the game falls on his shoulders to be able to do it? Because this is a team that has always kind of played from in front. They didn't necessarily need him to step outside of his comfort zone as a game manager to be a playmaker. So that would worry me. That said, the first round matchup, the semifinal matchup with, and we have time to talk about it, Georgia yeah, and Mi- Michigan, yeah. kind of kind of plays to their strength because the way Michigan wants to play, it's kind of like those SEC teams that want to come downhill and smash right. and do that. They can throw it some, but they're not their prolific pass attack that Alabama is. They're not prolific like Ohio State is when it comes to throwing the rock around the yard. So I worry about that. So then in a rematch against Alabama, if Alabama um, is able to get past Cincinnati, I do wonder what changes. Because Bryce Young, I wouldn't say he played good, but I don't think he played great against Georgia. He had spectacular moments. And so now that he's seen the monster, yeah. does he even play better if he gets another opportunity to face it? Yeah. And uh, look, it's it's interesting. We've got Aiden Hutchinson in this game who's you know could be a number one overall he's pick so this good. year. He, you yeah, saw him in so person, good. right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw him in person. He he is so good. He he gets a sack where he does a double slap swim move, like <laughs> in 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 different directions to beat the tackle, then the running back to get a yes. sack. Yes. And then he, he 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 does some other stuff. And I think people need to understand. Please don't miscast him as somebody who's just like a try hard worker or guy because sometimes people associate. Um, Guys that look like him like that. Yes. No, no you're right. Yeah. High end, impressive athlete who is very skilled when it comes to his craft. And 
the comparison, the reason I compare him to Joey Bosa and those types is because I think Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa were two of the most skilled, refined players that we saw at the position come in, unlike some that are athletes that kind of went with their superior physical talent. These guys have a combination of great talent and great skills. And I think A.J. Yeah. Hudson is in that. And that's why we're hearing the buzz. Hey, he might be number one over Kayvon Thibodeau, who also recently announced that he is just declared, out yeah. this season. Yeah. Yeah. And look, that's, I mean, Thibodeau is a freak. Uh, I think, uh, I think we've seen that uh, from time to time there at, at Oregon. I mean, like I even think with Hutchinson, like, there's a little JJ Watt to his game with the physicality, yeah. but maybe even more athleticism to me coming off yeah, the edge w- than JJ had. I, I would say that because when you look at JJ, like JJ's numbers, uh, when he tested coming out of Wisconsin was one thing, but I think I don't know if we saw it look like that at Wisconsin. Right. When I look at Hutchinson, maybe it's the little small shoulder pads that he's playing with, yeah. the long arms. Like yeah. he looks, man, that dude is athletic. He he, he kind of looks like a swimmer. Like, he is so athletic and nimble, it's fluid, and yep. yeah. And I think I think this is why he he kind of ends up having the inside track to being the number one overall is. What every coach wants is your best player to be your hardest worker. Yeah. And when you watch him, there is no doubt about his skill set, but there's also no doubt about his motor. I mean, right. he brings it each and every day, each and every play. And so, yeah, it's, it's impressive to watch. Like, he's a very impressive prospect, like one of the best ones that I've seen. And I know, like, he, like it took him a long time. It was a long road coming, coming off that foot injury yeah. or whatever, but – the production that he put up this year is outstanding. And when you go with the athleticism and the character and all that other stuff, it's going to be hard to move him out of that spot. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and look, it, to me, like maybe Thibodeau has a slightly higher ceiling uh, in terms yeah. of, uh, of overall mm-hmm. talent and ability to become, you know, a perennial all pro, but it's not that different. And then mm-hmm. for Hutchinson, the floor feels a fairly significant amount higher, like the, the safety yeah. of the I mean, it feels yeah, it feels like you know exactly what you're getting. And yeah. then, like, digging into it, like, Red, like, just how as a five-year-old, because his dad played at Michigan, and how he hung his dad's jersey up in his bedroom, and how he was like, I'm going to play, and I'm going to do this stuff. And and broke his dad's just, record this year, too. Yeah. Sack record yeah, just, at Michigan. Just the drive and, and just all of those things, man, that is the stuff that you you, you love when when you're a scout, like, Man, guys who are all about it, like football is the priority. It's, it's about them taking care of business, the maturity that he's displayed. Yeah. And then, like, even in looking at his recent Instagram post where he puts the hashtag, those who will stay. Going back to the old Bo after thing, those who will stay will be champions. Like, uh-huh. all of the work that they put in is outstanding. And I'm going to say this. The uh, defensive end or the edge rusher on the other side. David Ajambo. Not so bad, right? He might be his name might be called a couple of spots right after Aiden Hutchinson. That's how hey, good. yeah, holy, holy smokes, man. Then I think about like, man, they had all these dudes and Quiddy Pay and all the guys. I'm just when you go back and you just think about the guys that have come out of there, like Uche yeah. and all this other stuff, like Rashawn Gary a little bit before them. They have done a great job of Gary was teammates with those two with the job yeah, with like, Hutchinson recruit- when they were freshmen, yeah. Yeah, re- recruiting and developing their guys is just now that now that we're off the Jim Harbaugh thing because they beat Ohio State and they won the Big Ten. Now we can have a greater appreciation for what they've done because man, they look the part coming out because that's the one thing like you do when you're scout. You look at pregame and 
I'm watching them and I'm also watching Iowa, who's also very impressive on the hoof when you sure. get to glimpse in them. Like, but it's a difference though. Well, they, Tyler Lind- yeah. Yeah. And Tyler Lind, the problem for Iowa in that game is Tyler Linderbaum. Um, they didn't have he wasn't also playing left tackle and right tackle. He was only playing center. Oh, you, and you, you, was part, you No, you he will Yeah. He will challenge draft records for centers in terms of highest center taken. Like he's that good. I I don't know where that record is right now, but Garrett Bradbury was taken I think in the top 20 out of NC State. Yeah, he he was up there. Yeah. Um Mar- uh, Marquise or Mike Pouncey, I think Marquise or Mike might have been the highest by the, the Dolphins. I think they were in the Teams. I think they're yeah. the teams. Yeah, but yeah. that's that feels like a spot that Linderbaum could certainly go uh with the way that he's played. Um, I think he's a, he's the odds on favorite to win the Remington uh this year as the nation's best center. So a lot of intrigue with the college football playoff uh as we get closer to the end of December. Can't wait to see those guys get out on the field. We'll certainly have an opportunity to continue to dig into those matchups. We were talking about edge rushers though, and Hutchinson versus Thibodeau. Thibodeau now declaring his eligibility for the NFL draft, leaving Oregon, who also now has a void at head coach after the, the departure of Mario Cristobal to Miami. That on the docket next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Okay, it's been an absolutely wild coaching carousel in college football these last few weeks. More in-season firings and transition at leadership positions in marquee college programs than we've ever seen and more money thrown around than we've ever seen. Hello, Lincoln Riley. Hello, Brian Kelly. Now, hello, Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon after successful run there as the Ducks head coach to go uh, back to his roots in Miami. And this one kind of feels a little slimier in the way that it happened. I think it comes as no surprise to anyone, but it's almost like it's like, all right, Manny Diaz is still the head coach until we get Mario to sign. It, like it all seemed a little bit backwards. You know, for an athletic department, that's kind of without leadership there in Miami anyway, with no athletic director. So I, I guess I understand it. It's an unfortunate deal for, for Manny Diaz, who like, okay, Mario decides to stay at Oregon, but do you really want me to stay now? You know, like the, the whole thing yeah. felt like it was going to it was gonna be destined for transition in Miami. Yeah, and no, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't a, uh, a model case for how to handle uh, coaching transition. Uh, <laughs> one, how to fire or remove uh, a coach uh, classy in a classy manner. And secondly, just the way that Mario Cristobal comes down. Uh, I certainly understand that Mario Cristobal being uh, a cane, having played there, having been assistant there, having understood the under the, the inner workings of hurricane culture. Like, I get it. Um, yeah. But if you're going to make the move, make the move. You know what I'm saying? I think it's unfair to Manny Diaz, his family, his assistant coaches and their families to have to kind of deal with the yo-yo ride that did it. And it just kind of makes me wonder when you step into this situation, like, look, it's all good when you come in, but are they then going to treat you like that on the way out? And so we're just going to see how that plays out. But the move in general, I understand it from Cristobal's standpoint. Cristobal has built up Oregon into um, a national championship caliber contender, a team that certainly looks different than they even look under Chip Kelly in terms of physicality, uh, the size, the, the athletes, and what they were doing. When Chip was there, it was still more scheme-driven, not necessarily all talent-based and talent-driven. How they win now is a talent-driven deal. And so he gets credit for recruiting up in the Pacific Northwest. Now you give him kind of like that, that rich recruiting soil of, uh, as they say down there, the state of Miami where yep. he doesn't have to uh, right. get outside of right. Miami and just kind of throw a fence around the talent that is down there in South Florida. Yeah, you would like to think that he's able to take all the things that he's learned along the way, including uh, program building under Nick Saban and put it in Miami. It's a scary thought. We'll see what it looks like, though. Yeah, and look, this is a team that's got the reigning ACC freshman of the year coming back next year and quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. It's also a team that had some big wins this year over number 18 NC State, over number 13 Pitt and Heisman Trophy candidate Kenny Pickett. Uh, of course, losing to Florida State hurts, uh, certainly. Uh, but look, they, they won some games at the end of the season. Beat Virginia Tech, beat uh, Duke, beat uh, Georgia Tech and put up some points doing it. Uh, so look, the cupboard's not bare. And then it's, it's always a, a pretty 
I don't know, I want to say quick, but um, the path to rebuilding that program to prominence starts in their own backyard, you know, which you can't necessarily say for every program in the country. Um, so, uh, but there, there you go. So now what do you think for Oregon? Is this a Chip Kelly reunion here, uh, Bucky? I mean, like, it seems maybe a little far-fetched, yeah. but. Yeah, it, it, this is a tough one because I feel like Chip finally has UCLA the way that he wants it, you know, but. Bowl game, eight and four, yep. Yeah. Bowl game, eight and four, playing the way they want to play. I feel like he finally has his guys and he kind of has a formula and an understanding of how you have to win at UCLA uh, with the academic restrictions and those things. Uh, does he want to go back to Oregon? Because like sometimes, man, that second act when you go back isn't necessarily the same as the first go around. And the landscape of college football has changed so much that I don't know if he could live up to the legend that he is in Oregon when he returns. That said, um, man, that checkbook that uh, Phil Knight has up there is big. And um, he certainly can lure him back if he wants to. I just wonder if Chip wants to take on that after kind of getting everything finally situated. Yeah. At UCLA, does he want to kind of go back and kind of start all over a little bit when he goes to Oregon? Sounds like, you know, there was some some serious consideration uh, for USC to bring Matt Campbell down from Iowa State to be their mm-hmm. next head coach before Lincoln Riley ultimately got that job. Uh, wonder if if maybe that's a direction the Ducks would would consider moving. It seems like the type of program that might interest Campbell. I think so, because I don't think it's a high-profile program, per se, like in the city. Like in the USC thing, I think that would have been a tough one for Matt Campbell, because Matt Campbell would have been forced to do like probably more media obligations, like a bigger star. He probably would yeah. have to be out and about more in terms of being seen. When I look at the programs that he's been a part of, first, Mountain Union, where he played, secondly, at Toledo, then coming to Iowa State, those are kind of like small market. You're kind of the BMOC, but you can kind of hide under the radar. I feel yeah. like Oregon is a situation on a grander scale, but I still feel like the town of Eugene is still kind of small. He's not going to have to deal with what he would have to dealt with. And I think you take the same model that he's used at Toledo, Iowa State, you drop it in at Oregon with more talented pieces. I mean, you know, he, he can have a ton of success. At Iowa State, I think it's one of those things where every three or four years he'll build yeah. up a team to be able to vie for the Big 12. I don't know if it's sustainable to be a 10-win, 10-win, 10-win team at Iowa well, look State. At, yeah, I mean, look at what Kirk Ferentz has had, you know, has done in Iowa. I mean, gets his team to the Big Ten Championship this year, and they're always in that 8-10 to 10 win range. But I don't. are you going to win a national title there? I, I don't know. I mean, isn't that yeah, ultimately the goal? Yeah, everything everything has to crack right when you hit those right. programs. And I think those, both of those guys, coaches, deserve a ton of credit. Ferentz, what totally. he's done at Iowa, and then what Matt Campbell has done at Iowa State in a, in a relatively short time. Like, he has made them a, a, a national presence. Not a national contender, but a national yeah. presence where you know Iowa State. You know what their brand is. He's done a really good job of that. Um, but how do you reload and how do you rebuild and how do you sustain it and how long can you sustain it um, right. in a changing conference? Because the conference changes as well. Okay, so much transition uh, in the college football world among uh, head coaches and offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators, and uh, you know, hopefully, we get all these things filled here before we kick off next season. Uh, that's that's the kind of craziness we've seen so far. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Move the Sticks. Back with another episode for you later this week, and of course, 
DJ back here with Bucky and myself on Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, uh, wrapping up week 14 in the NFL. Coming down the stretch here, Bucky. Uh, great to be with you here, man. And uh, thanks to Nabil for getting us rolling here on a Move the Sticks. And we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.